Awesome, you may be seated. And wasn't that so good? Yeah, I just think it's, yeah. I, was, I, just, I, I love that this is something that birthed out of our community and something that just out of our hearts and our response to the Lord. I, I just love that. So thank you guys. That was wonderful. Well, if you don't know me, my name is Mike Delgallo, and I oversee community life for both the Huntington Beach and Fountain Valley campus. And it is such, uh, such a wonderful privilege to be with you here this, uh, this morning. Well, growing up, uh, I'm a product of the mid-80s, so one of the movies that I grew up on was one called Aladdin. And uh, yeah, we can do a little shout out there for uh, those of you. But uh, Aladdin, I loved Aladdin because uh, uh, it was a story of a kid who went from rag to riches, all because he explored what was called the Cave of Wonders, and out of that, he, uh, he came out with a lamp, a magic lamp. And uh, when you rub this magic lamp, a little uh, genie came out, and this genie would then grant uh, three wishes. And you could wish for anything you wanted, and the genie was uh, bound to make sure you were granted those three wishes. However, there was a catch. The catch was you had to word everything perfectly, otherwise the genie could take things literally and it would, it would get messed up. And so you see in the movie that if you didn't word things properly, things would get messed up. So for me... I had this dream, I had this, uh, I was hoping that one day I would come across a lamp, that I could come across uh, a genie, and I would get my three wishes, and for me, I, uh, one of the wishes I wanted were toys, I loved Legos, so I, uh, I planned out all these Legos that I wanted, and I, I perfectly wrote out how I would wish for the Legos, so making sure that uh, it wouldn't get messed up, so it was this specific set, and this one, and this one, and this one, not this one. So I had this whole elongated thing written out, and then the other two, I, it, didn't, it didn't matter. It was, it was just the general ones. But I made sure that I wrote it out perfectly. And I think it's interesting because uh, I think we approach prayer in a similar fashion. I think there's moments where we go to God, and we, we say, God, uh, I'm uh, can you give me something? Can you, can you give me something? And we always we recognize that there's this element of uh, we go to God when we want something really bad. And uh, sometimes we think of God as our genie. We think of God as cooped up in this lamp. And that whenever we want something or we desire something from him, we can ask him and he will grant us our heart's desires. Well, in this past few weeks... We have been going through a series called Under Construction. And what we have seen is uh, this is uh, that God wants to do amazing things in and through us. Um, however, we have to be willing to partner with him. And um, as we partner with God in, our, in this process of being under construction, uh, we recognize that our heart renovation actually requires a process of demolition. Will we allow the Lord to tear down the things in our lives that are not of him, not the things that, uh, that are holy, not the things that are Christ-like? However, after demolition, we, we see that he is able to rebuild in us a proper foundation, one that is grounded in Christ, where we have a new identity, we have new values, and that shapes our character to resemble one of Jesus. Well, today we are going to be looking at prayer and how God wants to build prayerfulness in us. However, when we hear a prayer, a lot of different images can conjure up, not only for us here uh, in church, but even for pop culture as well. And for the Christian, we see that prayer is the lifeblood of our communication with God. However, for those uh, in pop culture, we see that prayer can be uh, having this mysterious, mystical, and even magical lure to it. 
that we only go to God when we need a sort of a Hail Mary, a last-ditch effort when we want something really bad. We just throw up a prayer, hoping, wishing that God will pop out and grant us our heart's desires. And I, and I think uh, it is easy for us sometimes to think of God as our genie, like in Aladdin. And even for us in the church. And I think even for, for us, sometimes here in, in the Christian community, we sometimes don't know how to handle prayer. Sometimes uh, it can be awkward. Sometimes uh, we don't know how to begin. It can be confusing. Uh, however, and also it can even be uh, something that's rote. It just becomes dull. And maybe what we would say is boring. And, you know, maybe we could place ourselves on sort of a, what I would call as a prayer spectrum. Where at one end, some of us might be able to say, man, I have such a dynamic relationship with God. My prayer life is awesome. It's, it's vibrant. It's wonderful. And, and you can imagine at the other end, it's more maybe you've never really prayed. And you, you don't know really how to approach God. And, and you just, you're, it's kind of confusing. And the rest of us might be able to find ourselves somewhere in between. Maybe, uh, maybe it's become rote. Maybe it's uh, just become something that you do just because you do it. Well, this morning, we're going to look at James 5, and we're going to see that God wants to develop in us a lifestyle of prayerfulness. We're going to see that uh, prayer is not approaching God like a genie in a lamp, uh, nor is it meant to be a, a last-ditch effort. However, we're going to see that uh, uh, prayer, in its simplest terms, is conversation with the Lord. That God wants to develop our relationship and our communication with him. And no matter where we find ourselves on this prayer spectrum, that we know that God cares for us and wants to strengthen and build a relationship with him. And so this is our big idea for this morning. This is the first thing you can write down. And our big idea is that God wants to develop a lifestyle of prayer in us. God wants to, do, God wants to build a lifestyle of prayer in us. We see that God deeply desires to develop a relationship with us. Now, a relationship is defined as a state of being connected. And we see that God wants to be connected with us. And some of the best ways that we can be connected with, uh, with someone is spending time and having healthy two-way communication, both talking and listening. Well, for those of you that uh, uh, don't know me, uh, one, I would, uh, I'm going to ask you, so I'm going to ask you to go ahead and show me a raise of hands. Who here has a friend? I can count too. I can, I can be your friend. Who has a friend? Okay, I'm going to put your hand down. All right, now who here would say they have a, a, a good friend, a really good friend? This is about everyone here. And, and what we see is this, is the question I want us to think about is, how did that person become your good friend? Now, how, how did that relationship start? You didn't, uh, for most of the time, it doesn't just walk up and all of a sudden you have a best friend. You don't have just this good friend out of nowhere. It takes time and it takes energy and it takes, uh, it takes moments of spending uh, time together even communicating. Well, about nine months ago and two weeks to be exact, I scored myself one of these. This is my wedding ring. And I, uh, I married my best friend. And uh, it's really funny because two years prior... Uh, neither of us would have even seen each other as a spouse. In fact, we didn't like each other at all. Now, the funny thing is, is we both lived in a guy's and a gal's house. I lived with a bunch of guys. She lived with a bunch of girls. And we were next-door neighbors. And over time, uh, our houses would hang out together. We became really good friends. And my uh, then, not wife, but we would hang out. And uh, we began talking. 
and listening, and I would, I would be talking, and she would listen, and then she would talk, and I would try to listen. But here's the thing. Over, over that period of time, we, we began developing a relationship. A friendship had started. And uh, out of that, you know, uh, after some time, I uh, finally realized, man, I like this girl. I'm going to ask her out. She became my girlfriend. And after time after that, I uh, proposed, and then we got married. And then here's the thing. We got married nine and a half months ago, but our friendship didn't cease. I didn't just all of a sudden get this ring and said, okay, all is done. We can go ahead and do our things. We, we accomplish our goals of marriage. No, no. Instead, we desire to deepen our relationship with each other. And the one thing that we have seen is that that takes intentionality. It takes us uh, intentional time to be together and working on conversation. You see, if I'm doing all the talking in this relationship and all she does is listen, I never get an opportunity to hear what's going on with her heart. I never give her a chance to respond to hear what's going on and what God's doing in her life. And the inverse is true as well. That if she does all the talking, I don't, she doesn't get to hear the things on my heart. And we see that healthy two-way communication is just that. It's two ways, both talking and listening. And when we take a moment just to process our own uh, other relationships, uh, our relationships with our friends, uh, we see that it takes quality time. And we see that it takes time for building up through uh, time spent together and healthy communication. And like any good relationship with, these, uh, with good communication, we see that it's very similar with God. It takes time. It takes elements of being able to talk to him and also listen to him as well. Healthy two-way communication. But see, we do this not, not just so we can say, hurrah, I hear from God. But the idea is that we have a relationship with him so that. So that we can further his kingdom. So that we can be used to do the things that he has for us here on earth. So today, uh, we are going to look at, uh, we're going to see in James, that uh, he is going to show, uh, in the book of James, we're going to see that, uh, how prayer is. We're going to see that it's based on uh, a relationship. So if you... Uh, would like to turn uh, to me to James chapter 5, verse 13 through 18. And as you're turning there, or it'll be on the screens, or there's a Bible in the pew in front of you. If you don't have a Bible, you may take that as a, as a gift. And as, we, uh, as we're turning there to uh, James, you see, James is a, one of my favorite books, and it's a really practical book. And James is writing to a bunch of Christians who are being persecuted in this time. They're being persecuted, and they're actually being scattered about. And James writes this letter to encourage them to, to persevere under uh, this persecution, that, uh, that to remind them that Jesus loves them and that he has great things in store for them. And so then we reach chapter 5, and uh, he's reminding them this idea of prayerfulness, that God, that God wants to continue communication with them uh, through uh, all elements of life. So let's go ahead and read uh, James chapter 5, starting in verse 13. James writes this, Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they'll be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. And the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Elijah was a human being even as we are. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain in the land for three and a half years. And again he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. You see, we see that ultimately God wants to develop and build a lifestyle of prayer in us, that he wants to develop a relationship 
with us. And today we're going to see that James makes it very clear that uh, God wants to develop our daily uh, individual communication with him and also communal communication with him for the purpose of furthering his kingdom. And so the first way that we see God wanting to develop our prayer, uh, our prayer life, is to first learn to pray in all seasons of life. Pray in all seasons of life. You see, James makes the point that in developing a lifestyle of prayer, we must learn to pray when life is bad and when life is good. So let's look again at verse 13. Let's check this out. He says this, Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. You see, James starts off with this broad question. Is anyone in trouble? And another way we could say this is, uh, is any of you, uh, does any of you have any problems going on right now? Or maybe a more broad sense is this, is have any of you ever had a bad day? And I think if we're honest with ourselves, we can say that, yes, I, I have had a bad day. And James says this, he says, then go to the Lord in prayer. Go to the Lord to him. Bring that to him. Bring that to him. Start a conversation with him about what's going on about your bad day. Let it all out. Let it rip. But I don't want to miss the second part of verse 13. He says this. He says, is anyone um, uh, happy? Let them sing songs of praise. And so, uh, you know, is anyone among you, what he's saying is, is anything good happening going on? I think if we can say it in a general sense, he's saying, has any of you ever had a good day? And I think if we're honest with ourselves, I think everyone, uh, one of us have had at least one good day. And James makes the point to go to the Lord in that. Praise him for the things that are going well. However, the bigger picture that James is making here is is not just so much uh, go to the Lord only in the spectrums of our lives, the very good and the very bad, but what he's actually trying to, he's trying to make a generalizing, sweeping statement of there's going to be good things going on in your life, there's going to be bad things going on in your life, probably daily, probably daily. You know, you might wake up and you have a a great breakfast and all of a sudden you got to go out the door and jump on the freeway and you hit that 405, that's a bad day. (laughs) Okay, so point being is this, is that James is, is telling us, he's saying, Whatever's going on, whether good or bad or in between, go to the Lord in prayer. Start a conversation with him. Go to him. He wants to hear what's going on. And as we learn to develop this daily conversation with the Lord, he also wants us to learn, this is our second point, he wants us to learn to pray as a community. He wants us to learn to pray as a community. You see, God doesn't just want us to approach him individually, but he wants us to approach him as a community as well, together. Let's go ahead and reread James 5, verse 14, through the first part of 16. This is what James writes. He says this, Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer being offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they had sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Now, before we we jump and dive in and break apart this text, one thing I want us to remember is James is writing to a bunch of Jews. He has a Jewish audience. That means they have a Jewish history, a Jewish culture, and even a Jewish worldview. Now, in this time that was widely held by many of the rabbis, the teachers of that time, that both sickness and sin were intertwined. It was this idea that when someone were to get physically sick, it was to remind them of the spiritual state of their health as well, that they, were, they had sin. So that when someone came down with a cold or a cough or any ailment, they were immediately reminded 
of their state of their heart as well. And so when someone got sick in that day, what they would do is they would actually run to the rabbi. They would actually go to the rabbi and gather other people to go around them, and they would ask for prayer. They wouldn't go to the doctor first, but they would go to the rabbi to ask for prayer. And the idea was this, is that they, that they wanted to bring, uh, they wanted to pray. Because they were reminded of their spiritual, their spiritual state, they wanted to be prayed for. Now, whether or not that, uh, if we want to hold to that, the, uh, that sickness and uh, an actual spiritual state of sinfulness is, is together, the idea is this, is that they were reminded of that. And for us, I want us to kind of process uh, uh, this idea that, you know, what do you do when you are sick? What do you do when you have sinned? Do you run to community? Do you run to the people that you're close to in your life and ask them to pray for you and to walk alongside of you? Or do you hide in a room or try to sweep it under a rug and just pretend it's not there? And the point James is making is this is, he's saying, whatever's going on in your life, go to the Lord individually and also go to the Lord as a community. Bring other people in on the process. Allow them to pray for you in this. And I think there's another element of this as well, is that if you're, if you're not so willing to even go to people to pray for you, you, know, would, you would you be so willing that when someone in your community has something going up, would you welcome them with open arms to be praying for them? And not only does God want us to, to learn this idea of praying individually, start a conversation with him, not only does he want us to learn this uh, idea of going to the Lord in conversation as a community, but God desires to build in us, and he wants to trust him because prayer is powerful and effective. That's the last thing, that prayer, pray because it's powerful and effective. And here's the thing, it's not, it's not the magic words we say, it's not the tone of voice we use. It's not trying to coerce God to make him do what we want. But this idea of approaching the Lord because we know who he is, that we know that he is powerful and able. He is who he says he is, and he wants us to trust him in that. He wants us to trust him in that. Now, there's a couple thoughts here. Uh, I want us to look at uh, James uh, 5, the last half of uh, verse 16 through 18. And James writes this. He says that the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. That Elijah was a human being even as we are. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain in the land for three and a half years. Again he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. And so there's a couple things to pull out here, but the first one is this, that uh, this idea of a prayer is uh, powerful for a righteous person. And, and for the audience, they knew right away that righteousness comes from none else than the Lord himself. So they knew that it wasn't them approaching God. They, they knew that it wasn't this idea that you had to have all your ducks in a row. They, they understood that it wasn't this idea that you had to be perfect. It was this idea that in the Lord you were made righteous and you could approach him. They knew that righteousness only came from God. And the second thing is this. That James's audience immediately would have recognized the name of Elijah. Maybe like some of us here, we would have recognized that name. And... Uh, they would have uh, they would have known of what that what that brought up, and out of the context that James is writing, they would have known the story that came along with that too. And this comes from First Kings, and the, and the idea is Elijah. Elijah approached the Lord, but here's the thing: he 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 has something right in the beginning. He says this that Elijah 
was a human being even as we are. Just like you and me. A human. Nothing special, nothing powerful, not a superhero, not an angel. He was a human being just like you and me. And he went to the Lord. And as I said, the, the audience, uh, James's audience would have immediately known of this First Kings passage. And uh, it's, it's really interesting because uh, when, when Elijah prays, you know, it says this in the First Kings passage. It says, Elijah, and I'm going to skip ahead. It's the Lord, the God of Israel, lives, whom I serve. There will neither be dew nor rain in the next few years except by my word. That's fascinating because uh, some translations say instead of from whom I serve, it's translated of before whom I stand. And uh, it's interesting because uh, the idea of uh, before whom I serve, this idea of, uh, as you read the verse in context, it almost sounds like Elijah is announcing that drought is coming, which is still cool. I mean, be able to hear from God, announce that drought is coming, and it happens. But uh, the rabbis and the teachers of the day had a different thought. And the thought was this, and they held to before whom I stand, and this is why. When Jews would go to pray before the Lord, they would pray in a standing fashion, much like this. This idea of standing before the Lord and having a conversation with him, their arms raised. This idea of us being able to stand in his presence and be able to talk to him. And so when it, when it says that, when Elijah says, uh, this Lord before whom I stand, there will be, there'll be a drought. It was this idea that they understood that Elijah had a conversation with God. That Elijah had a relationship with him. And whether or not that Elijah's actual prayer brought about the drought, or maybe Elijah just heard from the Lord and announced the drought, the point is, and the, the point that, uh, that's being made here, is that Elijah has a relationship with the Lord. And the same goes when Elijah uh, announces that the rain's going to come. We see in 1 Kings chapter 18 at the end, uh, it's, it's written that this, uh, Elijah went up to the top of Mount Carmel, and he bowed himself down to the earth and put his face between his knees. And in a little while, the heavens grew black with clouds and wind, and there was a great rain. You see, this idea in this picture here is just as before Elijah was standing before the Lord, he then lays prostrate before God, face buried in the ground. This idea of agonizing prayer. Elijah had such a relationship with the Lord that he could stand before him and that he could also go down on his knees and, and ask earnestly for the Lord for, to bring back rain. And remember, Elijah is a man just like you and me. And James really wants to point this out. And we see that even in this, it's built out of relationship. You see, this wasn't Elijah's first go-to in praying with, to God. This wasn't his first conversation he ever had. You see, this was built up over a lifetime of conversations with the Lord, of practicing, of building relationships, spending time with God. And it's not written, but it's, it's probable that he spent a lot of time with the Lord, praying, talking, and listening. And we see that relationship has to be birth of healthy two-way conversation. It takes time and conversation. And the question I want us to, to process today is this, is what are you doing to cultivate your relationship with the Lord? What are you doing to partner with him, to deepen your relationship with him? You see, if you're like me and you hear a story of Elijah and he's 
praying, he's talking to God, and all of a sudden there's a drought. And then all of a sudden he, he prays again, and, uh, and rain comes. I mean, I think, man, that's so cool. I want to go before the Lord, and, and I want to I cause a drought. Man, I want to be able to cause uh, rain to come. Just at a, just at a snap of my fingers. But then I have to stop and, and, and really say to myself, how is that any different than my view of seeing God as a genie in a lamp? You see, Elijah has such a deep connection with the Lord that he wants the things that God wants, ultimately. This wasn't about Elijah putting on a show. This is about partnering with God to further his kingdom, not Elijah's. And obviously we want to think, okay, practically, you're asking, Mike, what does that practically look like? How, how do I start this relationship? What's, what, what, what do I do? Give me, give me the steps. I don't know if there's steps, but I think, I think we can see ourselves maybe on the prayer spectrum. We can kind of evaluate. And for some of us, maybe we are at one end where your prayer life is vibrant. Maybe your communication with the Lord is awesome. Your relationship with him is strong. It's great. That's awesome. I want to encourage you to continue in that. Continue and ask the Lord, Lord, can we continue to deepen our relationship together? And maybe for some of us, we're on the other end of the spectrum. Maybe we don't know how to start conversation with God. Maybe we, maybe we don't know where that looks like it's awkward, and I, I don't know. Or maybe we're somewhere in between. Maybe prayer has just become rote, just something that we do over and over just because it's something we've always done, and it seems empty. It almost seems like God doesn't care. And here, the truth is this, that, that God does care. And whether or not your relationship with him is great, or maybe you're just starting out with one, God is listening, and he cannot wait. He cannot wait to hear from you. And he cannot wait for, for us to be able to sit and to be able to listen and to hear the things that he has placed upon our hearts. You see, if a my relationship with my wife, if it was just all about me and the things that I wanted to receive, it's not much of a relationship. It's one way. But God doesn't even see it as that with us. He wants to have a relationship with us. He's not just spouting things at us, commands. No, he, he wants to be in dialogue with us. He desires that. So a simple way for us to start. Maybe if we're starting, or maybe we're in a place where Prayer is vibrant, and it's awesome, and the relationship with God is awesome. But a place to, to go is this, is, is asking the Lord, Lord, will you help me devo- develop a lifestyle of prayer? Will you help deepen our relationship? In the last couple of weeks, we've been practicing some spiritual disciplines, uh, not for the fact of just going through rote motions, but the idea of a discipline is to help us uh, get in relationship with God. It's tools to help cultivate a, re- a relationship and the, the spiritual discipline I want to challenge us with this week is this, is to start a prayer journal. To start a prayer journal. And this could be digital or analog with pen and paper. But the idea is this is to, to write, down, write down your prayers. Write it down. As simple as it may be or as long as you wish it may be. Write it down. And last week, we learned the idea of sitting in silence and solitude. This idea of being able to sit and rest in the Lord and being able to just be okay not doing anything. But what about this idea of being able to sit and just listen? What about the idea of being able to sit and say, Lord, what do you, what do you have? And you, know, you may not hear anything, which is, 
okay? You may hear something. Cool. Write it down. And the idea is this is that as you have a prayer journal, you write down these things so that you can look back on them. You can look back and see what God has done and is doing in the midst of your life. You see, for me, 10 years, uh, the past uh, 10 years, you know, I had, I had cried out to God. God, will you, will you bring for me a spouse? Will you bring for me a spouse? God, I, want, I desire it so bad. I even wrote it in all caps to express my anger, in case you didn't know. But here's the thing. It, it, time went by and went by, and the thing that I kept coming back to, they kept saying is, do you trust me? Mike, do you trust me? And I said, yes, Lord, I trust you. But we just give me, we just give me this. Just trust me. And this idea of being able to, to sit there and trust him and asking him over and over and over again, you know, it's developed in me. This idea of being able to sit and wait and to listen for what he has. To sit and, and wait to see how he wants to, to use me. And not even me, but now me as a married man. How does he want to use my family? And that's a completely different idea than being able to go to the Lord and say, Lord, I want a spouse because it's great. This is a whole different outlook. This is a complete worldview change for myself. That is through prayer. That God has changed my own heart. So as the band comes out, uh, I want us to, uh, to practice. I want us to practice this idea of prayer journaling. But if you know anything about actually doing something, such as a, a prayer journal or spending time with anyone, you recognize there's a couple things involved. One of them is you have to actually make time and two, you got to create some sort of place to make this happen. So, so my encouragement is this. One, make a standing appointment with the Lord. Create a time. Go to him and say, God, I, I think mornings would be great. Or maybe nights or whatever. Whatever that is. And the parallel I'll make is this. Let's say Brian and I want to go get coffee tomorrow morning. I say, hey, Brian, let's go get coffee. He goes, great. Now, I'm going to go show up at a coffee shop I like. He's going to go show up at a coffee shop he likes. And we're both going to be frustrated each other because we didn't show up at each other's uh, coffee shop. Why? We didn't even make a time and place. You see, if I really value Brian and I want to uh, go get coffee with him, I want to make a time and place. I'm going to say we're going to go to XYZ at this time. Right? Is that right? If you really want to spend time with someone, you're going to make that time. Same goes with the Lord. He wants us to spend time with him. He wants us to be intentional with that. And the second thing is, is, is uh, being able to commit. Do it. Go for it. And this idea of writing down prayers, be okay with writing out what you want to ask of the Lord. Be okay. You can bring. Bring whatever. He wants us to. He wants us to bring the good, the bad, all those things he wants us to bring, bring to him. But then he also asks us, you know, would you, would you be willing to sit for a bit and listen? Learn to cultivate a relationship with the Lord. So the next few moments, you'll notice at the bottom of your note sheet, there's three blank lines. And I, I didn't actually forget to give you something, but actually this is for you. And what we're going to practice in the next few moments is actually writing out your prayer to the Lord. We're going to practice, uh, you can use the prayer that we used earlier. You know, Lord, help me develop a lifestyle of prayer. Or maybe it could be help deepen our relationship. Whatever that may be, let's take the next few moments. Let's be intentional. Go to the Lord. Write down your prayer. And this week, will we, will we be intentional in our relationship with the Lord? Will we be intentional in meeting with him?